Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Knife Nuts Podcast, the show that delves deep to bring you the best and worst that Blade Show might have to offer. And I'm joined by the usual suspects. No pun intended. I'm what's Levon. <laughs> hey, what's up? It's Dave. <laughs> and it's Jake. And, and Brian's, Brian's on you. In, Brian's in there too. Hey, what's up? It's Brian. Fuck. I'm st- <laughs> I, I do that every time with the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Let's just dive into it. Yeah, right. Uh, so what do we have packed in for today? Uh, well, I don't know. You want to start with what we carried today? Yeah, or what we got. You yeah. get anything new? I did, actually. It's not something you want to hear about. Though. Another Chinese piece of shit? Is it sexually <laughs> contracted? No, it's Chris Reeve knives. So. I was going to say, it's probably It's, it's another Sedenza, so. The only company that can make knives on watchers. Yes. No, <laughs> production knives. Yo, let's jump right into it. Mm. You want to come with that energy? Let's go. Uh, do you remember when did you start collecting knives? 2010, 2011, like I did. Who do are you, you saying you to? That you live on. Yeah, probably what Jake read, like 2011. Yeah, yeah I guess that's like right. That. We'll go with that. Do you remember how much fucking finagling you had to do with with the pivots to get shit to actually like open and close correctly? That is why I still we, do. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is why we can't have these rose tinted glasses about washers. They're good when they're executed properly. It's just harder to do it correctly. So you end up with that shit where you're got a Torx driver and you're unscrewing and screwing the shit in the whole fucking night. And that is why I say Chris Reeve could do it and not many other people can do it because I don't want to go back to the fucking dark ages where you had to constantly be adjusting pivots. I'm rolling my eyes really hard at you right now. Really hard. That's because he has a personal private knife tuner at his disposal. Exactly. On a weekly basis, I keep all of his knives up and running to the best of their ability. <laughs> Who am I to stop Although, you from getting your kicks, Jake? Who am I, I to do stop? En- I do enjoy it. Mm. So, uh, well, whatever. No, it's, I said it. I'll stand by that comment. I, you can just you can ship your knives here on a weekly basis. I'll tune them all up and ship them back to you. I mean, I don't... Obviously, knife makers have... I mean, Production companies I'm talking about, not custom makers, obviously, but production companies have come a ways since then. It's better, but I still don't think that many companies should really be going back to washers unless they know what they're doing. Sure. I just got a knife on washers, and it was under $25. Uh, well, that Ooh. that makes sense. What, yeah. what knife was it? Brian, Brian won't like it because of its country of manufacture. Well, a $25 knife is not going to be made in America. That's like, right. So either way, it is a tech cut. I hope I'm saying that right. Not that it matters. Not that they're going to listen to this. Uh, it's called the Tech Cut Zero. Oh, yeah. I saw that and on Mass Drop. That, guess where I got it? Mass Drop. Mass Drop. They, they aren't paying us. Don't say their name. Any, yeah, that's right. Anyway. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, cut the check, Mass so, Drop. Please, no. It's only a matter of time. It's G10 and Sandvik Steel. Sandvik Steel has a, a special place in my heart. Because of my and Jake, I'm telling you, I think it's going to be from the for the same reason. My first Kershaw blur, yep, was mm-hmm. Sandvik steel, and I just love that. I love that steel. I love that knife. And this thing is smooth as hell. It's built really, really well, and it's under twenty five bucks. I'm actually going to give it to someone as a gift, um, just because I, I, you know, where can you get a twenty five dollar knife with these with this level of material with these material or as you say, mat trails. Mattress. Is that how that is that how you actually say that? Mattress? No, that was knife. Mate. I mean, knife haters. Right. Anyway, it's really great little knife. Um, it has an. You'll love this, Dave. It has an adjustable pocket clip, not one that you can switch for left to right hand carry, but one that you can actually adjust 
the pocket depth. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty yeah. I saw it on Mass Drop uh, this morning, actually. And I was like, oh, it looked nice. Oh, and also, oh, I got more stuff. Yesterday I was, at a, I was at a flea market, and I found, I was talking to this incredibly old man who could barely see and hear, which was, you know, kind of like a stereotypical thing. It was really interesting. He was selling all these old slip joints. And in this pile of, like, Chinese-made, like, semi-new stuff and fake Swiss Army knives, I found an old Ulster old-timer, um, and a uh, Schrade Walden jackknife, both from the 1960s, in like near mint shape. So now I have actually two really nice traditional folders in my collection. Nice. Guess how much I paid for them? Uh, you paid in butterscotch hard candies because it was an old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, the equivalent of maybe some, uh, a sto- uh, what do you call it, a chocolate reason, perhaps? No, I got them both for twenty bucks. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, Anybody else got anything cool? Well, much like Levon, my most recent acquisition was also a dragonfly. Uh, just an orange matching FRN G10. No, not matching this time. Oh, thank. We're God. trying not to match this year because uh, we realized it was a lot of fun at first, but then we just end up with a less diverse collection mm-hmm. when we come together it's like oh cool now we had just have same. one less new knife to try because we both got the same color and blade steel and yeah you know, um yeah. that's the only that's the only new knife i have right yeah i, I i'm afraid to bring up the chinese knife i did get in because i don't want son to... of a bitch i'm sorry brian they, it's a good value i don't make a lot of money i'm poor uh, the Reich, I'll say it very briefly, Reich 1701 with the carbon fiber inserts. It's really good. Uh, it's $175. It's really good. It was This knife was teased for like a million years. And uh, it finally came out. It's good. Okay, new topic. Don't want to upset Well, Ryan. no, wait, no, wait. That that knife is beautiful. That yeah. is actually a really cool looking knife. I yes. saw that. I watched your YouTube review on the original one. Did yeah. you do one on the carbon fiber one too? I, think I just threw, I threw up a very quick video just to say it was better than the first one I got. So I'll say something good about it, and then I'll go directly to the the naming structure, and also the name Reich Knife. Yes. You know when this is not a joke. Do you know when they were trying to start that company? They actually wanted to call it Like Knife. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of that's what I'm saying. Like you couldn't make this up. The actual name of the company they trademarked, and if you were to email the company like a few months ago, it was Like Knife at something gmail.com or something. Some other type of server. No but way. It was like knife. Yeah, man. They <laughs> were actually supposed to be like knife, and they got literally lost in translation. Got registered as Reich knife. Jeez. <laughs> they, they have no talent with naming things either. Come to Chinese food restaurants. Oh, delicious and best. Come up with a real friggin' name. Come on. <laughs> Auspicious is another word that comes to mind. Anyway, um, I was on. I was actually just on the Wieners and Steel Instagram page. And they they had a, a picture of, of a Chinese lady with value tattooed on her arm. Yeah, I saw that picture. So. Yeah. It's just, you know, these words that have, you know, absolutely are meaningless and end up on really strange products or, in this case, human beings. All right. Well, should we jump into the news? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, it's another week, so guess what we're talking about? Lawsuits. Seriously? No, it's just a small update. This is actually, this one's kind of funny. So 
the lawsuit from Marfio and slash Microtech Knives against Kai has been amended to include the fact that apparently they are now saying it was a conspiracy and oh. that Kai was giving information and acting as Tony Scalambrini's handler when he wrote the blog post that caused the first lawsuit. So we've gotten into conspiracy territory. So anyone want to somehow figure out a way in chemtrails are involved in here or maybe fluoride in the water is making the knives suck? I don't know. Someone get Alex Jones to cover this one. Wow. <laughs> so this goes deeper than any of us it's, could it's have ever d- It's so deep. Somebody contact Mulder and Scully. Yeah, we need the X-Files on this shit. The chemtrails, the fluoride, it's making the frogs gay. And it's making the knives have lock rock. <laughs> Forget Mulder and Scully. We're going to need Agent Cooper on this one. Yes. Ooh. All right. Well, you know See what? that Twin Peaks reference? Yeah. Hey, it's back. I know, and I haven't seen it yet. Nobody spoil anything for me. Oh. You'll have to watch it before the podcast actually goes to air. <laughs> so that's... So that's is that the extent of our news yeah, uh, besides pre-Blade Show stuff? I don't know. I also wanted to – so Knife Haters, there's a – if everyone remembers Knife Haters, it was a beloved Instagram account that did a very good job of skewering some of the dumber shit uh, in the knife community um, without necessarily being too personal. I mean, it was like – yeah, but I think everyone generally agreed with it. Well, there is a Knife underscore Haters now, and I wasn't sure it was the same person, but they've been coming out with some excellent photoshops lately that are making me think it is. So Knife Haters is back. Woo. Hmm. I think I saw the one in question. Uh, Controversial. It was the Balzano one. It was just oh, yeah. the Photoshop is so good. Man, that's a controversial post on a controversial account. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's as controversial as it gets. I, you know, not to put our next guests on blast, but I would love to ask them about whatever happened to that money they were owed from said knife maker. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll find out on next episode. The ghost of Bob Lum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I can't believe we didn't get any shit for that. I, You know, I actually talked to some people, and they actually thought it was actually funny. People who I thought were going... People who I thought were going to, like, come at me, show me their hands, actually found that kind of amusing. I was... I was... It was refreshing. Yeah. So, that's it for news. It's been a slow week. Slow two weeks. Well, that means we can get into the meat of today's... Of today's topics, which is all the new stuff that's going to be at Blade Show. That none of you and will see. Yeah, that none of us will see. That's nope. Let's get this uh, disclaimer out of here. The only representation of Knife Knots at Blade Show 2017 will be Brian Nadeau, the most sure. social, social and approachable and loving person. I'm approachable in this group of people. You are approachable. You actually are. You actually have a really good reputation in in the community as someone who is just an awesome dude. So, if anyone who is there and wants to has a problem with our podcast just just bring it up with brian <laughs> great yeah voice oh, all of God. your complaints to him <laughs> that sounds like a terrible it'll idea. be like back in the day when shiragorov didn't have a rep in the u.s and they only had neil from true north knives and you had to bring all of your broken shiragoros to him at blade show <laughs> one oh time God. a year you can bring all your complaints about the podcast and just give them to brian and then he'll bring them back to us <laughs> i'm sure they're the same complaints i have very true about our podcast <laughs> yeah that's probably true <laughs> brian's the it's one the, writing uh, anonymous itunes reviews one star the yeah. album covers. It's, it's all based on who you got photoshopped onto come mm. on a dog got a lightsaber and i was a <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you know 
it worked out, man. Yeah. It all worked out. You're a good sport. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, there's a big thing that we want to talk about. Brian, I really want you to spend a good time talking about the Nemesis, the Nemesis Dagger. But do you want to talk about that before or after we go through everyone else's stuff? Um, I don't know. What am I, what am I supposed to be saying about it? What do you want to know? Everything from its how it started, your your philosophy on why you designed it. Oh, you're gonna make me go deep tonight, huh? Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> All right, and well, I'll, and yeah. I'll say the same thing. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I almost choked on my coffee. Um, oh, coffee! That's not coffee. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you want to talk about it now, or should we talk about everything else first? Whatever you want, whatever. You know, like I said, I don't have a spiel that I'm going to ring out, so you ask me what you want to know, and I'll answer it. All right, so how did you get such an awesome name for that dagger? <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny, because I had a few different other names um, that I've been saving up over the past year and a half or so. Every time I come up with a cool name, I put it to the side. Unfortunately, I've still been stuck in that goddamn storm theme. So it was nice to get away from it and finally uh, put it to bed, you know? No, you still got the monsoon. Um, no, I'm not and doing the, that. I thought this the was going to be the tsunami. And uh, whatever else, you know, it's, it's done. I'm waiting Don't for care. the Sharp by Design Tropical Depression. <laughs> it's the smaller version of the hurricane. I, he wanted to see like a Scandinavian-designed one and call it the Maelstrom. You guys are reaching now. Yeah, There's we are. There's something else called a Maelstrom, though. What else? What is it? A flashlight or something? I don't know. There is. Save the wait for. Is that a cue to talk about flashlights? No, not at all. But I think there is. All right. Well, Brian, let's talk about the dagger. What made you want to design such a thing? First off, part of it was just being that it's so symmetrical, or it really should be, in my opinion. You know, I guess you can make one that's not. But um, I think the beauty of the dagger is that it's symmetrical from all different axes of the knife. It's just is a very symmetrical style knife, and that really plays into my OCD when it comes to stuff like that, so it was perfect match. This guy is so OCD that he will not make a knife with a carbon fiber on one side and titanium on the other. That is bullshit. So it's not t- bullshit that I won't do it. It's bullshit that you do it. <laughs> I hate that. That's That makes me nuts. I can't stand when somebody has a show side and a lock side. My opinion is for that kind of money, they're both show side. They should They should both look the same, you know? And to have one side different from the other, especially material-wise, ugh, it, it, it makes me nuts. And then they'll make the thicknesses different, too? Oh, that's huh. the worst. So it's not sitting in the center? Oh, my God. Oh, God, I hate when the handle scales are different <laughs> thicknesses. It's the worst. So the one that you've completed as far as, as of this recording is the tactical version? Is that what we're calling it? You know, that's what I call, that's what I'm calling this one only because, you know, it's all grayed out. It's... It's going to be what I'm going to enter into the tactical folder contest this year. And I built it specifically just to do that this year because um, mm-hmm. I had nothing to really bring. Being that I won a couple times and I always, I don't know, I just kind of, for, for me, it's something I want to get into every time I get there. That's pretty re- really why the only reason why I even go to Blade. I don't right. really need to do shows anymore. I don't, the way I sell knives doesn't work well at shows. So if I kind of do the Blade show still just. Uh, You're like a pro wrestler. That gets a taste of the championship and he just needs it more and more that's awesome no i wouldn't say that but you know do you think rj martin's gonna enter this year i don't know i don't know what he would have to enter he has i know he has a smaller version i think out of his uh i don't even know the models of his what his models are but 
I saw he has a smaller version out. It's probably something involving a very violent term. I feel like that's all of his knives. Devastator. Uberstator. It's stuff like that. I assume it's something like to that it makes the, it makes the awesome name of nemesis even that much cooler. Were, were you listening to a lot of thornography when you came up with that name by chance i don't know levon did you <laughs> no he was just listening to me rattle off cool names and nemesis happened to be one of them i just thought you were a huge cradle phil fan <laughs> i think I, I don't know what i was looking at but i'm sure it was something metal i mean it's you it's know? it's appropriately menacing hmm yeah, I thought it just fit, you know. It, so it, it definitely like... fits. Yeah. So the the tactical version, I noticed you have the flat the flat grind on blade, but you've actually done a really cool hollow grind too for Damascus versions. Right. I have a couple. I made a couple of the Damascus blades, uh, damage steel blades that I have sitting here. But um, I'm just I want to do something a little bit fancier for the frames for them. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm just going to hold on to them until after blade. I really what I wanted to do. I can't get done between now and then, and I don't want to rush it and screw it up, so I'd rather just hold off and, and do it at some other date. Anything you would like to elaborate on here, perhaps? Um, no. Well, fine. <laughs> What's fine the point that. of having you not, if we don't get that. insights? There's, there's couple, yeah, seriously. No, there's, there's a couple things that I want to do. Like, we talked about the way I want to do a carbon fiber frame. Right. The way I want to do that lock situation, so it's a full carbon fiber lock, and... There's a, a lot of different things I want to do. Screwless design. Well, there's always going to be one, at least one screw in the back end, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, yeah, there's now you got me thinking about other stuff. You know? <laughs> I, I, um, that's what's nice about this knife. It's going to give me something to be able to play with that I don't have to worry about making money at it because I'm already d- know that I can't make money making these daggers. So they're going to be very few, and it's going to be when I want to try something and, and do something different. That's just the way it's going to work out, you know. Are you going to auction it? Um, I'm not really sure yet what I'm doing with them. I'm, uh, it looks like I'm going to be going with two, so i got to decide how I'm going to get rid of them and what's going to go on, or who the hell knows. Like I said, it's not really – that's not why I made them. Yeah. So, it's, your halo, it's your halo piece. It's, it's, it's like um, – like and Brian, and you and I have talked about this a lot, like – Comparing, if you compare uh, custom knife custom knife makers to like auto manufacturers, Audi has sells hundreds of thousands of A4s every day, right? That's their money making vehicle, right? And then you have something like the R8, which symbolizes the the philosophy, design, and technology that that company is able to produce. But not everyone gets to own one. It's one of those things that people aspire to or just shows off what your brand is capable of. When you were talking about getting bored, you know, when you when you start to do something you're passionate about at first and it becomes a job, you have to do something to reignite that passion and I think that's what that dagger was for you. Yeah, and I hope it uh, will do that for a little while yet. So uh, I think it's an awesome design and there's a, a bunch of different things I want to do, so it should be pretty cool. So does your buddy who uh, who named the knife get to get to own one eventually? Because that would be rad. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I don't know. He, he might have wanted to thought about that before he put my face on. <laughs> I had a question about the dagger. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. Does it have an adjustable pivot screw? I can't figure out how you adjust the pivot. Oh yeah. You don't. Okay. It's, it's going to be a $1,500 knife. You leave it the fuck alone and you use it. That's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, you really you really shouldn't have to adjust this one. Um, this one's on hardened washers and bearings, so you're not going to get wear like you would on a, into titanium braces. 
So wait, the tactical one, it you did end up going with washers on? Yes. Oh, that's badass. I didn't even know. That's freaking killer. What type of washers are they? Are they some sort of fancy uh, Dmitry Sinkovich style no, 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 these aren't on washers. No, he's, he said they're on hardened steel. On, you know, the hardened steel oh, washers. Oh, I, I see. For races. I see. Um, you know, for the bearings. For the, ba- for the bearings. I Correct. see what you're saying. My my bad. Now, I might do washers at some point. Really, for a tactical knife, I think washers would be a better option. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't make it a little more, not complicated. It's just you got to know your shit a little bit better to make sure things are flat and, and, and shit like that. But, um. You know, there's a bunch of different things I want to try. I want to make my own bearings with, you know, multi-row and all that shit. I just don't want, you know, I'm not going to get like them where they're, you know, every every knife they have out seems like it's a different bearing design. Yeah, Shirogorov is like going nuts with the variations of bearings and washers. And I, I don't even know what's next at this point. That's that's the power of having your knives produced overseas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Can we talk about that rumor? I have heard that forever, and I can't find a single piece of evidence about it, but it still seems believable. I'm just messing around. No, but, but I've know, heard that from so many like people. It, I mean, you, if you put the pieces together, it sort of fits. If you look at, like, certain factories that produce custom knives, you can see their business model sort of work the same way. Yeah. Is that subtle enough? <laughs> They're all alike. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh man. I almost did a spit take. That was good. Um, I do have suspicions about Reich knives and what they do, but we're getting too far into the weeds. Yeah, that that washer integrated into the bushing system that's gonna be on that Sergei Shirogor of custom was just like ridiculous. <laughs> like I I thought Chris Reeve was doing the most when it comes to washers in terms of like the perforations and having it like captured by the stop pin so it can't rotate. But that thing was like a whole other level of ridiculous. I feel like the moment you uttered the words bushing, you were just itching to say Chris Reeve right afterwards. No, no, they don't even <laughs> use it on the 25. Well, in cozy anymore. Here we so. go. Nah, I don't. I don't think bushing. I don't think the the pivot bushing is like as incredible as people make it out to be. I don't know about you guys. Don't care. Really? The PM2 has one. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never felt nice. like it was superior. I mean, it's fine. We just don't think about it that often. Yeah. I, I, it doesn't keep me up at night. Let's just put it that way. It, it, you know, it, I mean, I, you think I'm a Christian fanboy, but there were people who probably were having sleepless nights when they found out the Incozy did not have the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the bushing. Like These people yeah. were just, just scre- on their knees screaming at, at the gods about it. Interesting. Yeah. So you're gonna take two daggers to the to the show. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm hoping. You know, I'm putting the other one together now, so it's tomorrow. We'll uh, we'll know. So wait, you got to like, what do you have? Another week and a half, two weeks before you head out. What are you? When are you leaving for Blade Show? I don't even know what day it is. Um, I I don't know. Sorry, I'm purely asking so I get to come over before. They yeah, I, I leave that Thursday morning. So whatever weekend it's on, I'm leaving that, you know, the Thursday before that. I don't know what's up the first or second or something like that. Yeah, it should be the end of next week. Or the middle of next week, yeah. The middle of next week? Yeah, man. Cause oh, the f- next, <laughs> yeah, because next, next weekend is the fourth because I'm going to the Iron Maiden concert. Nice. Yeah, man, it'll be awesome. 
so I'll be at Iron Maiden next, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. And I think Blade Show, if Blade Show is the first, that's the middle of the week. It's not the first. I think, you know, I think it's on the weekend, the third and fourth or something like that. Oh, yeah. So that's the same weekend as Iron Maiden. Yeah. Interesting. If this is sacrilege, but I don't even remember when Blade is. I don't remember the dates either. It's because you're not going. Different when you don't have to buy a plane ticket. Yeah, it's true. Next, we will be at, all of us will be at the New York Custom Knife Show, though. That'll be at the end of summer. Will we? Oh, I guess we're doing it now. That's, it's already set in stone. We're all going. All right. I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. We'll all be there. Cool. Is that a is that over the water in Jersey or is that actually in New York? No, it's in Jersey City. It's in Jersey City. Yeah. Is that the smaller one? Because or is East Coast the smaller one? East, the East Coast, Coast is done. Small. They're not yeah. even doing it anymore. I thought it was in Florida now. Well, now it's in Florida. Well, yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. The, the Florida showing, I heard, was pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. But it was its first year there, so you gotta I guess you expect that. Yeah. I've I've never gone to. I, I I've always meant to do it, but I never made it to the East Coast or New York knife show. We had a good time there last year. The one last one in Jersey City. Jersey City. That's appropriate. (laughs) You got it right. Freudian and accurate. Yeah, right. Same time. Oh my god, that was that was where where we talked to um, Andrew Demko about killing a donkey. I wonder if (laughs) if he's going to have some words for you for revealing that big secret. That's some real insider shit right there. It was the first time he met us. I mean, how could he not? He didn't say, don't tell anyone about this. Were his eyes saying, please help me? Lynn Thomas has me locked in the basement designing knives for him? (laughs) And to be fair, it was his brother. Um, It wasn't Andrew himself. Oh, God, he has Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's something you can't unhear. Once you hear Lynn Thompson (laughs) says something like, can you kill a donkey with it? Reference the last episode. If you guys didn't want to hear that whole story, listen to the last episode where we had. We're getting very meta. And uh, you guys will enjoy it. Yeah, but Brian, we're looking forward to. I got to get my hands on that dagger before it disappears. Yeah, um, I'm here. You know where I am. I'm going to be here for the next six days. Absolutely. And Brian's home address is. We're not going to do that. Doesn't matter to me. (laughs) <laughs> it, it should I'll, I'll stack the bodies outside <laughs> it <no problem>. should <laughs> um, so Dave what else have you seen uh, that you're excited to see pictures of at Blade Show <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's about the best we can ask for I don't know so since I'm more of a production knife guy and Blade is kind of in a weird time of the year and that's why production companies generally don't debut anything at Blade Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of weird that the show that is devoted exclusively to knives is not where knife companies debut their products for the year. But they, they do most of that at, at shop shot show at the beginning, yeah, of which is the in year. January. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. I mean, it yeah. makes sense, but it, it, yeah. there's still a certain bit of strangeness to it. But nevertheless, I don't know. There's not a lot of stuff. Uh, ZT might finally have the 427. Does anyone remember that one? The really, yeah. I'm gonna say ugly Sinkovich design. Are they intentionally going for muscle car designations with his stuff? Obviously. Yeah, because they went with the 454, and this is a 427. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. I'm into uh, that. Yeah, maybe for the for like the Sinkovich Halo products, but that knife, I don't even know when was the last time they teased that thing, but that that one hasn't really manifested yet. I don't know. Is they, that that? They steal that off of Ed Brown pistol stuff? Doesn't uh, he do the same thing with his pistols? I think he does. You're right. <laughs> yeah. That's that weird sort of uh, curvy one, right? I mean, Dave. that's putting it lightly. That is yeah. weird. It's really fucking weird. I still think it looked okay, and I'm not usually into that level of, of wacky. It's really wacky. Yeah. 
But speaking of wacky and and production knives, how about that uh, that new Wii knives with uh, is it is it Isham who, who Isham Bladeworks? Isham Bladeworks. Oh yeah. yeah. Wacky is also a kind way to describe that one. It's really out there. But... There's more void than knife. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I mean, it's an exercise in design, so like, I don't want to be too mean about it. It's just not my style. Certainly not my style. That's not what you said earlier. You said it will age like fine milk. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I'll say that about Alexi, Kon- uh, Alexi Konigin's designs and Decepticons, too. That, that shit looks dated now already. I mean, it was really cool for a while, and then too many people did it, and it's just like, I think that it looks it looks very like 2013 to me. Mm. Like, Brian, what were you, <laughs> Brian? What were you gonna say? You know, it's we talked about this and through texting. It was a I you know watching his him put out all these whacked out designs. I was always wondering, you know, can they even be made into a real knife? Mm. You know the deluxe geometry work right and stuff. So to, for me to see designs like that actually, you know, come to a working prototype, I think that's pretty awesome. It's, uh, right. Yeah. You know, the style might you might not like the style, but you know, not yeah, everybody's pr- gonna like everybody's style. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean that's true, and not even from a custom standpoint, it's a full full on production knife. Yeah. Well, his so other that's, that's pretty cool. That his other works. design just debuted the Kaiser Megatherium. It's finally for sale, and that thing is really cool. Actually, I like that design a lot. And I like, That's also a really great name. Yeah, well, yes, it's a giant <laughs> sloth. Yeah. But it also sounds like two Megatherian. The yes, that's exactly where yes. I'm going. All to. I think of it Let's, is don't say it any. Don't go any further with it. No one will get it. Yo, stop. <laughs> Listen to Celtic Frost, people. Yeah, seriously. Oh, Jesus God. Christ, nice. you guys should know that one. Wow. That well, was... since, since we're talking about out there designs and particularly sparse ones. Uh, I got into an interesting conversation recently with an engineer. Do you guys remember a process called sintered titanium? Based, it's 3D printing. Yeah, that, the, uh, the line, line steel, steel tie dust. Yeah, yeah, the tie dust. And then there were a couple other attempts. Uh, and actually, there's a new Sinkovich design. Not, well, not new, but newer. Uh, something about a leaf that looks like it's made that way. It's actually not. It's just a lot of machining going on. But has anyone seen anything else? No, being made that way because nope. I, when I saw that tie dust, I thought, you know, that's going to take us to the next interesting futuristic. You know, it's we're in a place now where CNC is not uh, above and beyond; mm-hmm. it's not unobtainable. So maybe this hey. 3D printed sintered titanium is going to be the next unobtainable thing. You know, I, it's just something I'd like to see more of, and I wanted to put it to you guys in case you had heard or seen any other products. Even if it's not knife related, anything else being made with that process? Um, the I've seen stuff in surgical equipment made that way. Okay. Um, it was, and I could be wrong, but this is this is how I remember the process being described to me for uh, surgical implants. It allowed them to make porous titanium spinal implants so that sinew and bone and stuff could grow through mm-hmm. and and merge with the titanium. Which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and that was actually a Pennsylvania-based, uh, a local company who actually utilized that. And this was this was many years ago, dude. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, it's interesting. It's not. I don't find it as aesthetically pleasing, and it's also really cost prohibitive. Yeah, I think the yeah. the the reason we haven't seen it is because Lion Steel is the only one that took the plunge, and the machine was like millions of dollars. Yeah, but. Speaking of the titles, let's back up. So Lion Steel stole the goddamn Blade Manufacturing Award that year because they just came out with the tie dust. Their shit is not worth getting that award. 
I'm just gonna throw it out there. Hot take. Well, what was it that won some some crazy award? Like best production? The best knife Kerr? was the Metamorphosis. Yeah, the Kerr Metamorphosis. They just that straight up steal in these awards. Yeah, Lion Steel comes in and finesses the Blade Show. They come out with one knife that no one likes, but is like impressive in some <laughs> way, and then they just straight up take those awards. I think the judges just like their accents. Well, it's like the Grammys. The the, the awards <laughs> mean nothing at the Blade Show. Uh, the production awards. <laughs> Brian, yours are worth something. <laughs> you know, every time you open your fucking mouth, I like you less and less. No, Brian, have you looked at the production awards? They're terrible. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you think the awards for us are any different? It's all, it's, everything uh, in life is a game. Well, we know it's, it's not political. You know and who you blow. No, it's, we know that the custom side isn't political because you don't have a diplomatic bone in your body, mister. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, so like, Brian, I think you talked about it on the first episode a little bit, but can you recap what it looks like when you're trying to win one of these awards or entering a knife into one of these these categories at Blade? Just because I think it's relevant. Um, Basically, it's pretty simple. At a specific time during the day, it's Friday, I think between 3.30 and 4 o'clock, you have to basically, you, you leave the convention area and across the hotel, there's, they have these different little, little rooms. And they have you go into your room and there's maybe 10 or 12 tables in there, however many different awards they're doing. And you basically put the knife that you're entering on the table for that category. And you have to put make sure that you have your card with it, with your table number, because you can't. Apparently, you can't enter the contest if you have a booth. You have to have a table. But then, you know, right. every, everybody has ways around it. Well, I'm going to share a table with this guy. And it's always some kind of, you know. Everybody does shady shit. Um, but basically, you know, only certain people are allowed to get into that. You're supposed to have made the knife yourself. Um, and you can enter, I think, up to three knives into three different categories. Basically, once you, you know, you walk away and you come back and find out what happens. That's basically it. So all these judges are, they enter the room in unison with like these long black robes and hoods <laughs> covering their eyes. Um, that's, no, that's how I, that's how I want to picture it, at least. No, it's uh, most of the time. Neil from True North Knives is one of the judges. Mm -hmm. Many of many times, it's been Les Robertson has been another one of the judges. Basically, well-known guys in the in the knife industry. You know, um, they're the ones that go in and judge it. Gotcha. So it's a lot of purveyors of knives, uh, people who own knife publications. Are there any makers on the panel? I don't know um, if any of them have been makers. And, that, you know, and that's – it's funny that you say that because there really should be. I you feel know, like there should be. Even though, you know, these guys have been around and know what they're talking about, um, sure. there's still details and things that other people don't understand. And, you know, my opinion, it would be good to have, you know, a, a top-tier maker on that, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. it would help to eliminate some of like the really terrible production knives that get awards. Maybe when Forge and Fire inevitably goes off the air, they can moonlight as Blade Show judges. Seriously. But <laughs> the reason I said the awards don't mean anything except for the custom ones is because the custom makers don't have enough money to pay anyone off, especially Blade, <laughs> whereas um, maybe Todd Rexford does. But with the production companies, you know what won collaboration of the year last year? Uh, refresh our memory. 
Florian Knives and Russ Comer with a sniper. Do you guys remember that knife? Nope. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, the production knife awards are like the Grammys. It's just who you know or who knows what's going on. But the custom ones are, I, I believe. And speaking of, like, names, how cliche is the name Sniper for a knife? There's, like, 12 knives with that name. I can actually name three knives off the top of my head with that name. Don't. Because we have I any, could, you know, too. Sniper, Sniper, Sniper. <laughs> Browse, Browse had a Sniper. Uh, yes. Kirby Lambert had a Sniper. And then this one. Hmm. I remember what the Browse one looked like, but not because of its beauty. Don't forget Sniper Blade Works. Oh, yeah. Yo, what happened to them? We need to put an APB out on them. Someone just offered me one of those in a trade. Nah. That's, that's pretty much much what my reaction was. Those things are hot for, like, 2011? I honestly don't think they're that bad. I think that's a, I think that's a pretty good hard-use knife. Yeah, my beef was just with the grinds. Hey, they, they are a little bit small i don't really know how to describe it yeah yes anyway let's see i'm looking forward to the the mini stitch by our buddy uh sebastian i have i have one of the full size stitch and it's like one of those knives that's like people like oh man that's overhyped blah 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 but when you get one in hand and you really see how much detail and, and work that he's put into them it's a really great knife jake what do you think it's a great knife it is a great knife the grinds, the grinds are great, <laughs> smooth as hell. Really enjoy carrying it. It's just one of those knives that I don't get bored of. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So a smaller one would be a welcome addition to my collection. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, maybe, maybe when they cool down a little bit. Because what did that auction end up going for? for three grand. <laughs> oh yeah, no, wow, yeah. The the auction for the first one went almost to five. Five. Grand. Yeah. God yeah. damn. I mean, it's, yeah. No. And, you know, and more power to Sebastian, too, because he, he does work hard and he really is living the American dream. And we, I do wish him the best. So that's yeah. really cool. He's living the American dream driving across half the country. I feel like he's always on some ridiculously <laughs> he, long road trip. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, the guy, the, the guy works. It's 100 percent true. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a production version of the mini stitch, because I don't think I'm going to be touching a five thousand dollar production any day soon. Uh, another custom by a friend that I'm I'm interested in seeing and a future guest on this show. Uh, it may be the next one. It may not be. It may be the one after. But John Gray and his partnership with Tracker Dan. And they're coming out with the... And you've probably seen the prototype pic pictures online and some of the, the, the final models at this point. The Blood Shark folder. So it's actually a, a folding version of one of Tracker Dan's most popular fixed blade knives. And honestly, I wasn't too familiar with Tracker Dan stuff, but apparently it's hugely popular. And and it's one of those knife silhouettes that y you know what it is before you even see the thing. You know what I mean? And I got a chance to play with the prototype, and it's actually on washers. It's not on... When I say washers, I mean it's on that those... What did I call... What did I say they were, Dave? Ni Nylatron? Nylatron washers. And it doesn't have like a traditional opening mechanism. So it doesn't have a flipper, doesn't have a thumb stud. It just has John Gray's like deep fullers that you sort of pinch and open. And it's, it's really satisfying to open and close. It's ridiculously smooth. And the whole thing, when you see it, it looks like it's a, looks like an ergonomic nightmare, but it's a fun knife. And you can see how like that short stubby thin blade, it'll be a really great working knife and a good, self-defense blade too so that's one i encourage people to if you're at blade and you want to check out something new go check out john gray's table and see the new blood shark 
which is also a pretty rad name, I gotta say. It does look like a fish. Yeah, it, it, it's true to its namesake, that's for sure. Anybody else have anything they're looking forward to seeing? Uh, Marcin Sleesh has some two pretty nice knives, the engraved one. So he's actually one of my favorite custom makers, and I, I don't profess a lot of love for custom knives, but Marcin Sleesh is one of them. He has an engraved one that looks really nice. I'm trying to look for that on, on Instagram as yeah, we speak. Yeah, it's his most recent post. So, what is his Instagram? Is it, it is, Marcin Knives? Yeah. Is it this is the one, one here with rats. the milling on the handle? It is. I think it's actually engraved, not not milled. There's one with milling that I'm, oh, I, I'm not yeah, quite as hot on. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah, that is very nice. Yeah. I like Sleesh's stuff a lot. It's very clean. Uh, I've heard you go off on the Sleesh Bowie by Spyderco many a time. Yeah, it's a nice knife. It's a really it nice, a nice knife. knife. I like it. it. It's a very, very minimalist design. Reminds me of, you know, Ray Laconico, too, who doesn't go to Blade, so nothing to say about Ray. He, it's like the only people not at Blade will be us and Ray Laconico. I don't know. This oh, and, Fer- and Ferrum Forge, apparently. <laughs> and uh, Bob Terzula won't be there. Whoa. Yeah, he's not going this year. But oh my God. that kind of is a segue into a question Uh-oh. I had is, is Blade really necessary these days when you can market yourself and build a brand and a product solely through social media and the internet? Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. Um, you know, I don't do very much business there. I don't think to make enough to sell enough knives to make a living going back and forth to shows. I don't think you can do it. It's um, I think the Internet is the only way to do it these days. Probably makes a big difference whether you're a, a one man operation versus a small business or even a big production company. I think it's a different question for all three of those. True. Entities. I agree. Yeah, I think it's still a necessary thing for, especially for small business, because that's how a lot of these large companies go out and discover a lot of the purveyors discover the knives that they end up carrying. It's how they do a lot of their business with people that they're not local local to. So from that, from a networking perspective, I think it's a massive, massive you know necessity for the community. Yeah, I think I was I was looking at it from like Brian's perspective, like you know, as a knife as a custom knife maker, just one guy can sell his knives through the internet, but you know, still might go to shows like this if it was really necessary. And I, yeah, but yeah, I agree that businesses. It also depends on where you want to take the business. You know, mm-hmm. I've thought about expanding it, and that's not necessarily where I want to go. So that's it's where you want to end up. I think has a lot to do with it too. Like how far you want to take your own business? Is that what you're saying? Or? Well, yes. Like if, like you said, if you're – when I say a one-man business like myself, maybe not. But if you're a business where you're manufacturing a shit ton of knives, to have an employee go and have a, a table at a show for what it costs, sure. it's not really hurting you at all. I mean – for now, for a single guy who it's going to cost me, you know, twenty five hundred bucks for the week, you know, it's a little bit different. You know, you have to make sure that you can sell the prices you're going for. You normally can, but I've also seen guys, you know, I've been in in areas and look at guys that are across from me and don't sell a knife all weekend, and you say, "How the hell do you do it?" Yeah, I bet Tim Britton isn't going home with much money. Yeah, seriously. Or what's his face? Oh, what's his name? Um, Sharp by design. design. (laughs) His name's on the tip of my tongue. It'll come to me. A guy who puts a lot of choils on his stuff. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Maybe it's best you don't say it. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, I think. I I, honestly, I got. I think he's a talented guy. I just, I just know that at certain shows, he doesn't. A lot of stuff doesn't really leave. Well, Well, there's a, there's a new 
CNC uh, intensive knife maker on Instagram. He's binary and engineer, you know, eng short for engineer apparently. And we knew he's another one, like kind of like rad knives, which who branched out from success in another industry and started making knives, not nearly as big of an operation. And it doesn't look like he dove in quite as hard, but it's just a really fresh take on the idea. Uh, and you can see whatever he was doing professionally before he started designing and building these knives is really uh, still at the forefront because it's not just, you know, conforming to the way that most knives seem to have sort of a formula. Jake, um, did, Jake sent a photo to the group. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking yeah, at it now. Wow, that's quite impressive for a first So yeah, he did, he did two. He did one knife that he completed. seemed like it was really labor intensive, and I don't think he made many of them. And now uh, a second design. That looks also looks pretty interesting. So, so he's basically like Snacks 2.0. Yeah, is he is yeah. he going to be at Blade? He binary is going to be at Blade. Yes, gotcha. I wonder if Snacks will be at least according to his Instagram. And he did participate in my recent stupid post on Instagram, so that's why he gets a shout out right now. I, think. I mean, that is that is really cool. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I see the way he did. We don't talk about him much, but no. I've been watching. I kind of he's one of those guys that like I just kind of keep an eye on. And they kind of guys like they tend to either go one of two ways. They either fizzle or the end product isn't that great and mm -hmm. whatever, or it does look really neat and it deserves, uh, you know, at least a mention. And if they're not, if they don't fall into that category of so hard to deal with that they don't deserve the business, then we talk about them. <laughs> and I've yet to see him go off publicly on uh on a customer for, he must know. be, he must be doing this only to save for parts for his Evo. That, yeah, that that's one of his former endeavors, apparently, which which is why I drew the link between him and Rad. So Rad Knives used to be uh, Toxic Fab, and they were well known for some high end automotive, you know, like r yeah. racing Evos that were running like sevens and stuff would often have Toxic Fab stuff on there. Is is his stuff still hot? I think he. I think I'm blocked by him. I'm it's, not entirely sure. It's, <laughs> the price is really insane. I I wasn't able to wrap my head around. I, I don't have anything good or bad to say about that. Uh, the Rad Knife I mean, stuff, I, I feel like that. it went from, hey, I'm a new knife maker, to $5,000. <laughs> Five? Like just 12. So, so quick. Oh, yeah, and above. Yeah. Uh, that I just wasn't able to wrap my head around what, you know, what the hype was about or what people were getting. So I still don't have a firsthand opinion. I, I, I don't know anyone that's owned one. I mean, I knew he was a good engineer from before, but... You know, there's a difference between good and five to twelve grand for yeah. a custom. For, so I don't know. Lever. Well, that I just don't know. The Snex IFS twenty only went for like eight thousand, yeah. which I can't believe I'm saying seems reasonable. <laughs> like it hurts to say I'm, that. I'm I'm pretty sure he lost money on that whole. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Even at the money he was getting, you know, I talked to him about this before. It's um, you know, what he does is great, but true engineering marvels are taking something complicated and making it simple, simple. Right? To, yeah. to, to take something simple and make it as complicated and with ridiculous tolerances as possible. I mean, that's, it doesn't, it doesn't take talent to do that. Now you still have, he still has a certain look to him where he, he definitely has that gift, but it doesn't sure. necessarily mean that, you know, that's the way it should be done. Well, comparing that to other industries, Brian, and uh, and you guys will understand this. Like, yes, from an engineering standpoint, the idea is to make very simple solution to a problem, right? But if you think about the watch industry, which you know has exploded over the past decade, 
the most expensive watches are the most complicated watches. Ones mm -hmm. with most crazy mechanisms that you have. Because what's the point? Like, you can get a knife that cuts, right? You mm -hmm. can get a knife that cuts anything you want. But something that's special and takes a lot of time and and there's a lot of passion involved with in the project, you know, th that's the reason why we buy a lot of this stuff in the first place, you know? Um, so I just think that it's it's similar to that aspect of the watch industry. It's like you have. I guess it depends if you're trying to make money at it, or is it a hobby? Right. If you're just if you're sure. just making it as a hobby, then it doesn't. Then I guess you can complicate the fuck out of something and not make any money. But you can only do that so many times. Truly, I mean, you could make your knives simpler if you wanted to, Brian. Of course. You know what I mean? It's the same kind of thing. It's like you gotta have an identity with it too. Well, uh, Brian, you did say you were interested in doing a screwless design. I'm wondering if you can do one that is actually affordable, or if it's just a pipe dream. I don't know. I have to. I, I have to look at the the whole situation. You know, yeah. it depends. That'll that'll be you interesting know. to see. You know, there's some challenges for sure. Anytime you have to machine some of that weird pockets and stuff, it can it gets costly. You know, it depends on. And part of it is how many D can you sell. You know, and yeah. like with this dagger, for example. You know, I know I can't make money on them. So that's why I'm not making a ton of them now. I, I don't know. It's just it's a, it's such a it's such a complicated thing to get a hold of and trying to make the right decision when it comes to stuff like that. It's I'm still struggling with it. Yeah, that's like the the Koenig Zeneta, which was that I think the only production screwless design. That thing they didn't make many of those. I never handled one. Uh, well, the, I didn't really like the design, but it was a really cool idea. Yeah, I didn't like the way it looked, but it was it was a pretty cool. Yeah, and then I think they just made one run of those and then just stopped. I'm assuming for reasons that Brian just outlined. For, yeah, precisely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, then, what is everybody going to do if there's only the pivot to unscrew to take the knife apart? <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to have to throw away all your all your wrenches and all your shit and all your your cleaning kits and all this stuff. You're not going to need it. It's going to be well. Now they have what? Who? So who has? Somebody has that quick takedown knife now. Yeah, the CRKT home front. Yeah. The cannon. Uh, it's an onion knife. The winner, winner of most innovative imported design last year at Blade. I bet it'll win again, but like for one of the new variants of it, like the yeah, hunting one with the camo, yeah. it's 100% just going to win again. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, you know, if we start coming out with more screwless designs and, and you can't take things apart, well, Dave, what are you going to make your videos on? You know, we're going to talk about grease versus oil. and. Nah, and... I'm not one of those people that's obsessed with taking knives apart. I, I avoid it as much as I can. I mean, it's necessary, certainly with production knives at points, but no, sure, I'm not. I'm not obsessed with it. Like I'm, I'm mostly just making fun of you. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, you know, it, it didn't read. <laughs> Maybe not to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So another knife that I'm interested in seeing, and, I, and I've always liked this guy's designs. Uh, uh, Richard Rogers, I think his name is. Yeah, yeah. that's I said that right. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like it's a difficult one, but when you see it online, you know, you don't. You just read past it quickly, and you don't really pay attention too much to what you're reading but either way his new design um i really like it really clean uh looking uh flipper with a integrated lanyard hole in the back spacer just looks really clean I, it looks like a knife that i'd like to own but we were talking about it earlier and it's like how do you even get one of these knives right mm -hmm. yeah he seems to be you know every time i've seen him at the show and he's a nice guy by the way right um at the shows, though, yeah, I think most of the time his stuff is gone before he before the door even opens. Yeah. Like he might have something on the table, you know, he'll keep two on the table for lotteries or something. But it's uh, most of his stuff is, is pretty well sold before. 
he used to release stuff through his through the mailing list, but I haven't gotten anything recently. So that could just be me. Who knows? But that's another knife I'm I'm interested in. Perhaps yeah, his stuff is nice. I wish he made more, but you know, not gonna. Happen He's like a legit him. cowboy. Is he really? Yeah. So like he has cattle. Yep. Interesting. Does anyone know what Charles Marlowe does? Because he is the best when it comes to only making a few knives a year. Porn, I believe. Oh, I mean, it makes sense. It doesn't make sense, but I, I just felt like I had to say that. <laughs> well, I mean, to the same. How does how could that guy? What's his name? Snacks or snack? How does he support himself? How can you put that much time and effort into something? Yeah, I and... don't. I don't like anything as much as he does making that knife. It, it's it's I see a lot of guys that have you know that have their you know their CAD software now designing all these designs and they have designs and designs and some of the designs are really cool but you never really see any of them where you see where the lock geometry is and is it all going to re- even work out right you know that's one thing but it's just like you know what you have all these designs start getting with people and doing something with them or get a or do it yourself but to just waste all that time <laughs> And never getting it, and never doing anything with it, but satisfying your own, you know, that own. Oh wow, this is fun! It's silly. Life is too short to waste time like that. I agree with you. Yeah, there's and going at, at least get a hundred dollar three D printer and and make it that way. Really? <laughs> make it out of plastic. Yeah, just make it out of plastic. See if it works. You can make your own washers that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's plenty of knife companies that could use fresh designs from people. So yeah. So I'm going through the top posts on under the Blade Show 2017 hashtag, and this is how it looks right now. So we have Microtech, who is debuting or re-debuting the, uh, the SOCOM, which is actually an awesome freaking knife. I think they're going to come out with some double-action versions of that. We have somebody, Lion Armory, making beads. Very Not very exciting. This crazy-ass photo by Sharp by Coop, which is going to be by Raphael Durand. Oh, yeah, that thing. I saw that today. That thing looks really nice. Insane. Yeah. Whoa. Is that the carbon fiber frames one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Holy Oh, crap. it's a backlock. It's a backlock, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, well. Um, what else do we have? Some crazy chopper by, I don't know, something nobody cares about. Yeah. Um, a Rasanti. Some uh, I think it's just called the number five. It uh, looks I'd, pretty cool. Yeah, I guess. Some hmm. Sinkovich showed some Timascus parts for an upcoming knife. Yes, in classic Sinkovich fashion, it's like over machined. Riate right. has an overpriced production knife. The the non crazy blade show ones are actually decently priced, but I bet this thing will be like table price like nine hundred, yeah, <laughs> which right. is absurd. Wait, the, where where are you seeing this? Uh... This list hashtag Blade Show 2017 and the top post. So uh, we have... I needed the 2017 is the problem. Yeah, and the and the the final two in the top in the top posts are the mini stitch and the Nemesis dagger. Yeah, Brian, you uh, oh, coming yeah. by? Yeah. Nice. yeah. So there you go. So that I mean, I think we pretty much talked about everything that is even relevant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although. Although there's actually, I'm sure there's tons more stuff. I mean, that, that show is enormous from what I understand. Like, I've never been to Blade. I know people are going to call us posers, but, you know, that's just the way it is. You really have to get down there. Yeah, I know. I, I don't want to be around that much neck grease. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Dude, people are just going to come find you now. That's what Trust me, you're, you'd fit in perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I think Will Keith is more the type. Speak of the devil and he, he shall appear. Vandermule and Bladeworks have showed off as, but for, for Blade Show 17. Let me count the choils for you guys. Okay, you ready? One, two, three, four, five. And we'll count the back ones, so six choils. Damn. And that's just on the bottom. Along the top, there are another three. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> It's the most yeah. ergonomic knife ever made. Actually, I'm going to say it, it kind of looks pretty rad, but he went he went off the rails on uh, on a crazy train of of choil. <laughs> wow! My favorite thing about <laughs> well, now you got the picture for the, for this week's episode. Yes, yes. <laughs> except the, yeah, on I the cover it. of that album, there's only one person. Yeah. As long as it's not me, I'm good. I'll have to do an, a different Aussie cover for each of yeah. us. Yeah, Brian, your bark at the moon. Great. Yes. Great. Great. <laughs> oh my God! I know one we haven't talked about. Go. Okay. How about the Brian Tai Tie Fighter with the carbon fiber Sanmai? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the Warren Thomas style blade. Yeah. Mm. Oh. What are our thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened to Warren Thomas? Yo, another APB. Put out, put it out for him. Cause what happened to that guy? Drugs. I think that's what we insinuated the first episode, and by insinuated, I mean allegedly. Allegedly. Alleged. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I used to. I thought his designs were at least were unique. I always. Oh, they were unique. Yeah. And he always. He he was one of the first people I ever saw that used titanium as a blade material. Yep. And he did the the composite with the laminate thing that that Brian's doing. Yes. Right. Right. Well, I think. I happen to think Brian Ty would would execute something like that a lot better, but it's hard to tell in those pictures because I think it, it looks a little iffy in the photos. Yeah, the, at the point where the two materials join Me. looks a little uh, rough, thready. Yes, you know, like when you, yeah, like when you if you cut a towel or something, and you're like, oh, I should have done that. Jake spends a lot of time cutting towels or carpet. Any <laughs> any any unfinished. Uh, Soft floor-like or or absorbent <laughs> material. Tell 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 everyone what we did with your uh, with Jake. You just finished school, so tell so, everyone what our what our activity was the other day. Yeah, I have a question as well about this. Six hundred sheets of uh, paper cut test with every knife, and trying to you know cut cutting through like when guys do the uh, look how look how sharp this edge is, and they cut through the phone book. And I was doing that. Oh my god! And it turned out that there was a rogue staple in the bottom left corner of one of these. <laughs> and so I get halfway through, and it just stopped. And I'm like, it's like, why isn't this cutting? Why isn't this cutting? This heat treat is crap. Uh, and and later I found uh, the staple, and the staple had been cut pretty much cleanly through, but it was still enough to uh, throw off my momentum. He picks up my uh, my mini typhoon, and he says. Wow, this this has no edge on it at all. <laughs> Little did he know, I I've broken down so many freaking boxes with that many. The Money Typhoon is probably my most used custom knife ever. Yeah, I believe yeah. that. So every time I see you, that's what's in your pocket. I use that knife like crazy. Yeah, uh, I have two questions for you guys. Uh, first, I will start with the easier one. Jake, why were you wearing an Olight do rag? <laughs> <laughs> This is this uh, is basically how this how we roll. This simple simple answer, because they sent me one. 
Okay, good enough for me. Let's move on to question two. On a scale of one to Johnny Depp, how fucking drunk were you guys? Diamond Jim. Are we talking about what era of Johnny Depp are we talking about? We're talking about like 2017 Johnny Depp, like life in shambles. I thought you were going to say like playing Hunter S. Thompson, and in which case I was going to dial it back a little bit because we weren't quite there. But, uh, you know, I had... I tried like seven or, or eight different IPAs that night. Okay. I was I was less inebriated, less, but I still had a. But good I I had IPA. I just finished a very very difficult semester and uh, and there were, there were some demons I need needed to let out by increasing <laughs> my BAC until they they couldn't live in my bloodstream anymore. <laughs> they were no when you sweated out it was captured by your Olight do rag. <laughs> And it, yeah, at that time, an Olight do rag just made sense, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. and also wearing the eighty-five pound all copper uh, R fifty seeker yeah. Olight around my neck as a sort of a weird, dangerous necklace. If you guys want Jake's Olight do rag, call us one eight hundred two two three nine seven nine seven. Well, maybe we'll do that as a giveaway. But speaking of really great, you know, speaking of flashlights, this is a fantastic segue. We wanted to expand our brand a little bit and talk about other items or hobbies that come with the the knife the knife hobby. And Jake, I wanted you to talk a little bit about everyday carry flashlights and mm-hmm. and what the appeal is. And you know, because I think everyone who carries a knife on a daily basis can appreciate also having a a decent flashlight on their person. But yeah, and like like anything else, I mean, knives can be separate or just you know simply part of more likely part of an edc hand dump as it's as it's come oh. to be known on on instagram never <laughs> which say I that, categorically yeah. don't Ever. don't tend to do but you know i ha- achieving a certain level of quality as like the the standard you know for the things that you carry being reliable and having some understanding of how they work so that you know you know whether they're going to break on you or not can be helpful so but it's it's pretty common for people to ask me about how they should choose a knife because um, you know my social media persona it it's pretty obvious that that's something that I spend a lot of time around and talking about and 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 learning about. But I really think that flashlights fall in a really similar category, and choosing a flashlight is really very similar to choosing a knife. And that connection just made me want to kind of bring it up. There's the, the way there's a gas station knife and maybe that's something that starts sparked your interest and you realize you're using it or whatever the case, then you go to like a sporting goods store, you want something a little better you end up with an imported Kershaw or something. And then you go online and next thing you know, you're buying your first Benchmade in Spyderco. And then not long after that, it's Midtex and customs. And the, th- I think the driving force there is that you you're seeing there is some kind of return on investment and if you if you use a flashlight and you say it's in your pocket right now and you turn it on uh, chances are that it's either dim or it's putting out light that has a strong blue tint to it or maybe both if it's using a non-rechargeable battery you know these are the kind of things that in the knife world would equate to bad blade steel or a poor lockup or something like that. So just really briefly, we were just thinking of ways there that if you don't want to dive into a new hobby, but you want to be able to just get the most out of your money, we talked briefly about certain vendors, some of them specifically more knife vendors 
kind of do a little bit of the homework for you and, and don't bother offering uh, the kind of variety you would get on like an Amazon or something. I went and I looked at what are the top selling flashlights on a few big sites like Amazon and I looked at Blade HQ and I looked at Going Gear. Um, Illumin was one that, that Lavon and I used before and, and got some good deals. But And choosing a battery form factor, you know, do you recharge your own batteries or do you need something you can just toss out a double A and put a new one in or whatever the case if you're if you're willing to make a very small investment in time and money, I think that you don't. I think you really get your money's worth, and not just twice as good of a flashlight, but you know, ten or twenty times as good of a flashlight for a surprisingly small amount of money. Just like the same way at the lower end of the knife spectrum, I think the first time you go from a no-name brand to just an imported knife from one of our an imported Kershaw or an imported sure. uh, Spyderco or something like that. The, the quality is just so much higher for really not that much more money. You know, it's so, just, it's like a P this is a PSA to pay attention to that sort of thing. If you rely on your flashlight at all. And if you want to know more, I'll, I'll tell you why. So Jake, what are five things? Can you say five things that someone should look at when picking a flashlight? Like five, what are yeah. five things to look at? When yeah. So, flashlight? so the, the first thing I would do, or I would recommend is how are you actually going to use it? Because it's really easy to get all oogly eyed when you see something that's pink or purple in your case and looks real pretty and it's shiny and you just want it. And then you realize either it's way too big or it's way too small, or you really needed a headlamp and you got a handheld or whatever the case Think about the real-life application. If it's going to be in your pocket every day, it shouldn't be too bulky, and it probably shouldn't be made out of brass or copper, even <laughs> though they look nice, <laughs> unless it's on the smaller end. But like a, this big, I keep looking at this huge R50 Seeker Olight, and I, I mean, it does weigh. That was a gigantic freaking Like three flashlight. and a half or four pounds. It's a 26650 cell that, yeah, there's nothing wrong with a 26650 cell, but even without the battery in it, the thing's not always You're not going to EDC the damn thing. Yeah. That's what you're saying. So, and on the other end of the spectrum, there are some really cool, especially O-Light, like the i3S series, tiny little AAA lights that put out great light. But, but keep in mind, anything that's bright with a small battery, the battery will not last very long. So finding a happy medium and asking a realistic question about how you're going to use it. Uh, look, the things that you look for, so contained within that is, well, what's, what are your battery options? A lot of them will take either a CR123, which is uh, frequently found in, in like firearms, uh, illuminated reticles, or illuminated scopes and things of that nature. Then, you know, you step up to the 18650, probably the most popular for very good reason. It, it, you know, lithium 18650 batteries are really high on power and, and relatively good on life and very low on cash these days because they're so popular, there's so many options. And then even a charger these days, it's so common. The, that Nightcore i2 and i4 series seems to just charge whatever you want for like you know 20 or 30 bucks. And a lot of these companies are doing built-in charging. You know, Olight has their proprietary oh, yeah. charging dock, magnetic charging dock, so you don't even have to take the thing apart or, or whatever. You know, there's something for everyone. And some of the and, some of the batteries I've seen actually have a mini USB built yeah, in. Yeah, built into the battery. battery. Yeah, which is yeah, pretty cool. Other neat thing is in this industry, unlike the vape industry, even though we're vape. using the same. <laughs> well, yeah, vape. I mean, we are using the exact same shape, the same form factor battery, the eighteen six fifty, and occasionally the twenty six six fifty. But 
at such lower amperage, you know, it's dumping the energy so much slower. Even a really, really, really bright light is uh, less likely to blow up than your average vape mod or whatever. So, but what about my lumens? What about my lumens? Don't I just want to buy the one with the most lumens? And then you want to get to the lumens. Yeah, don't. So here's something that you uh, you wouldn't know at first glance. Don't trade. Uh, a fancy lumen number like a thousand or two thousand or whatever it's like a it's like a dino queen if if the color temperature is leading you to believe that the flashlight is super super bright and that may be the case but anything above six thousand is really you're just kind of pissing in the wind in the four to five thousand range for the color temperature is where you're actually seeing things the way that similar to the way the sun would light it up so you're seeing colors properly and your eyes are perceiving what's really there uh, and some of these you get just for the sake of more lumens they're just you know ramping up the color temp to the point that it's a useless source of light so, so what you're what you're comparing it to in the in like the automotive world is like usable horsepower like it's all well and good yeah. to have like a, a 707 horsepower hellcat but if you can't <laughs> if you can't put the power down yeah but it, yeah on the ice that's no good if you, right. if you live in alaska what's the point or if you're, uh, if you're actually a Hellcat, it's no, it's not very good on on yeah. the actual road. And I don't. <laughs> there's no such thing as too much light per se, but sure, you know, a light. These lights that are marketing first and function second, so they're you know they're they're uh, form over function. If you see something where the color temperature is not listed anywhere, you can assume it's too high and it's not usable light. And you know okay. they just did that to to. Uh, make the numbers because typically higher color temps will will perform a little bit better in perceived lumens than the much more usable lower spectrum from three three to five maybe three to six thousand yeah <clears throat> the lumen scale is also logarithmic so like you're not going to notice some of the huge like you know when you get to ridiculous yeah. levels it's not even going to matter yeah. when and, you use words like logarithmic i instantly doze off yeah, so it's not linear in the sense that the difference between 1 to 2 lumens is very different from the difference between 2,500 and 1 lumens to 2,500 and 2 lumens. It's similar to the decibel scale. So the difference between... It's the same thing and the Rockwell hardness scale. So mm. the, when you get to those there huge numbers, it the difference tapers off. So like 2,500 to 2,700 lumens is probably imperceptible. In, I, I'm not a vision yeah, guy. Absolutely. But. Yeah, even 2,000 to 2,500 can be... Um, my, I guess our, my point being choose by quality and by being able to look at specs like CRI and color temperature and you'll notice some f familiar names when you look at, you know, any of these things can have a Cree emitter, but, you know, when you, when you start to see other types of other brands of emitters mm -hmm. being featured, you know, and, and if they're talking about CRI numbers that are 80 and 90 and, and above, you know, you're getting a better quality product um, so the idea in general like like uh you mentioned other brands like nikia mm. um they they tend to do warmer toned lights and the idea of having a quality flashlight is to simulate daylight the best you can i would imagine right which and which is a moving target also the the color temperature that you're seeing from the sun changes uh, based on the sun's position so mm -hmm. high noon is not the same as sunset but yeah i mean especially in a case you know i have a, a friend of mine who we go back and forth with uh, flashlight talk and needs frequently because he's in an industry where 
he's often in the dark and cutting wires that, <laughs> you know, if he can't yeah. see, if, if a green wire looks blue to him, he may get shocked. So, you know, the color rendering index, the CRI, w- is basically a fairly good equalizer to let you know that it's neutral enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. If it's high on the CRI, it's neutral enough and it's putting out uh, enough of the right kind of light that you can use the thing and trust that what you're seeing is really out there as opposed to just throwing a whole bunch of blue tinted crap out in front of you. Um, so that's kind of my soapbox. Uh, I could mm-hmm. go on for hours about battery chemistry. Sure. And if you're, if you're interested, that's actually one of my favorite uh, topics in the world. I'm good. Um, but that's, that's why I mentioned automatic charging because some of these chargers make it so you don't have to know anything about battery chemistry. Just don't drain the battery super low and then leave it like that for months and oh, yeah. you'll, you'll be fine. Well, Jake, thank you for shedding some light on that. That was really oh, great. Oh, wow. <laughs> and there's your bad pun of the night. Yeah. I'm going to try to do one. Um, real quick, I did get an awesome flashlight. And you guys who follow me on Instagram have probably seen it already. That that Astrolux, I forgot what, it's also oh, yeah, branded as a manker. You can buy it as a manker. Um which is a really fun name to say. Uh, but that thing has probably got the most power, usable power, uh, for its size of any flashlight I've ever owned. It takes an 18350, which is half of an 18650, which all you vape guys will know, because I think that's pretty much the standard vape battery. I don't vape, but I know these things. And it's about, they advertise it at, you know, 1600, 1800 lumens. And that's with, you'll see that advertised with like a, with a Cree emitter or a Nikia emitter. The Nikia emitter with the warmer tone generally puts out a little less on the lumen scale. And, but it's still up there. I think it's well over 12, 1200 lumens and it's a nice floody light and it's, it's neutral in temperature and it's freaking badass. Pocket clip? Mm-hmm. Pocket clip. I could take it off if you want. Oh, yeah, does it I mean, have one? It has one. Oh, okay, it's, cool. It's small, man. Like, like it, yeah, an 18, 18350 is a yeah. stubby little guy. It's it's, it's uh, and even the light has that particular light. Uh, that's an, uh, Mass Drop is another neat place to look at, at stuff like this. Totally. Um, you know, as, as our Ferrum Forge guests mentioned last week, but even just the, that entire flashlight for the <laughs> amount that it puts out, and and having an eighteen three fifty is a neat thing because it is a, is a homogenated or homologous or homogenated. Uh, form factor for a battery they're small enough you could charge a couple and just leave them in your glove box or whatever but yeah i think that's a really really neat light that doesn't waste any space whatsoever in terms of how big it is to how and, much, we're, and we're not talking about it throws and we're not talking about several hundred or hundred dollar flashlights here this thing cost me like under 40 bucks yeah 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 and that's what you know i i, I wanted to lead in talking about it by saying it's it's not just a matter of pay a lot of money and get it get a cool flashlight and it's the same in some ways with knives and and even guns and whatever else we carry there's a there's a difference between just paying a lot (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and getting a lot for for what you pay and flashlights are a great example and any any kind of emerging technology like that where these these emitters and the battery technology uh, really improved rapidly over the last few years and it's very obtainable to get uh to get a lot for your money. That's pretty cool. Well, at least none of us are in the dark anymore on this topic. Oh, oh bad pun number get two. Him, get him out of here. <laughs> Can you do three? Can you get one more before we finish? Uh, let's see what happens. Yeah. But we'll digress. Let's talk more about um, uh, about about knives because this is the Knife Nuts podcast, and you know, it could be a little more enlightening. You... <laughs> oh God, damn it! <laughs> 
Joe, can you remove him from this chat? I think we can. I can't. That was really bad. I'm actually, you know. No, I'm proud of you. That was, you got three. Yeah. One thing you can tell is we're not too deep into the lights yet because we don't know the dirt on everybody in the industry yet. <laughs> that, well, yeah, it's, I didn't mention like That's because it's all faceless. <laughs> it's, but until you get into like the weirdos who make custom flashlights, it's all just faceless Chinese companies. <laughs> and then and then there are some American makers who, who put 75 tritium vials in their sexy machine, I, you know, can uh, I just say machine I titanium. Love, I love me some tritium. Love You're tritium. a hype beast. <laughs> no, I'm just a watch enthusiast. He's an altered beast. Yeah. Uh, oh, a Sega Genesis reference? <laughs> Damn. Well, it's probably better where than did, hype beast. Where the hell did that come from? That's what I think of when I hear the word beast. Rise from your grave. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> the, the nostalgia was strong on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. But yeah, I, and I've actually suspected a lot. Some of the uh, the flashlight manufacturers to be in cahoots, if not the same, as some of the the Chinese uh, knife manufacturers. And here we go, bringing up Reich knives again. I believe they are the same company as Jet Jetstream. It's a I want. It's a hot take. Jet, I, I, jet beam, I wanna, jet, jet beam, or just jet beam. Stream? You know what it was? It, it is jet beam, and it's really funny because someone had hashtagged the the name of that company wrong as Jetstream, and they tricked me <laughs> into thinking that that it was. It is jet beam. I think jet beam and Reich knives are actually the same company. I mean, they, uh, they could be dun, dun, could dun. Use the same facilities. I don't know. Uh, what does it say? Phoenix Lights now has a knife brand called Rake Knives, uh, and they make good. They are made by. Uh, what the people who make real steel? It's hard to I keep rest track of case, OEMs. guys. Yeah, the, the rest... Rake P one P eight hundred one. I think that's the one those I are have. The, those are those steel lock uh, frame. frame locks, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a great knife, and it's 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 made for Phoenix. So maybe Phoenix is just made by the same people who make these. Who knows? Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's come. I, I didn't say that without any sort of research. Like, yeah, uh, Rake has flashlights that literally match. Uh, the knife. I'm sorry. Reich has knives that literally match Jet Beam's flashlights. Hmm. Well, that's cool. I've never really yeah. looked into them. I uh, admittedly am not a huge flashlight guy. I carry one every day. It's probably the second most used thing I use after my pen. But I have a a Through Night T10 because mm-hmm. I like double A's, and there aren't many good double A lights anymore. We got to get him that, Jake. What's that one that we carry all the time that I got? The the Jet Beam uh, SF Double oh. one is, Christ. I think, the best. Oh, yeah, that's the God. best Double A. It light. is badass. Yeah. If I find if I see one online, I'm going to send you one. Day. All right. But yeah. Or just send me um, the link. Cause and I, keep in mind, yeah. even a Double A light, you can throw a f- uh, fourteen. What is it? Fourteen. Fourteen five hundred is yeah, the I rechargeable. Um, yeah, I, I recommend if Dave, if you haven't done that, you have to do yeah. it. Like I'm running an Ultra Fire. Uh, I think it's a. Uh, I forgot what what sort of capacity it is, but that's what I'm running in that in that particular flashlight, and it is, it's awesome. Yeah, I had an Eagle Tack in titanium that I used to like, but uh, I lost it at an Arsis concert. Fun fact. Oh my <laughs> god! I've been Jake listening to Arsis nonstop yeah, for like Ar- three weeks. Uh, Arsis is so good. So good. James Malone cut my hair in a bathroom at a concert venue. Are you kidding me? Nope. Guy's a, guy is a friggin' genius. And he cuts hair well. Jake, do you remember the first time you heard Arsis? Not as well as the first time I heard Winter Sun, but I'm, I'm guessing was I was the in same, your car. I think, yeah, I was it was in your the, yellow S, S4? Yeah, it was the okay. same night. I was like, 
I've got two things you've got to hear. Wow. And they and, both stuck stuck with me hard. Yeah. Yeah. The, the second uh, Arsis album. Amazing. No. Mm-hmm. The Celebration of Guilt is so much better than United in Regret. Their debut album is incredible. It is a they're masterpiece. Both, both, they're both great. Yes. They're both great. They haven't made You're boring our fans. Nobody gives two shits about these bands. Fine. They're great <laughs> We're bands. sorry. We'll, we'll talk about stoner metal later. Thank you. No. Okay. We're, we're, we're enculturing them. To yes. some great tech death metal. Yeah, listen, listen Knives are made of metal. You know, it's the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what you Relevant. Get. You can cut this all out, Dave. No, I'm not cutting it out. These people need to hear about how great Arsis is. <laughs> anyway. All right. Quick hits here if we're going to end soon. Sure. All right. Uh, throw out your predictions for overall knife of the year 2017 Blade Show. What do you think, Scanit? It's. I mean, it's. This is going to sound like maybe I should curb my enthusiasm a little bit, but I mean that Nemesis dagger is bad. No, you're it's talking production. Talking, you're talking production. production. Oh yeah. So your options are triple seven, triple nine. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah, it's probably going to be the triple nine. I think. I think they're going to give it to Riot this year. No. They, yeah, man. They they always go with something weird. I'm I, I'm going to go with like maybe the four twenty seven actually. Oh no, that was at last year. So I don't. No, they're not. Yeah, no, so I, I think the triple nine was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, triple nine was last year. So yeah, maybe it could be so, the four twenty seven this year. And and ZT hasn't done another flagship, to my knowledge. Yeah. Well, th- we'll find out. The, this is this is the time when they show the weird stuff. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know. Oh yet. oh, is this when they announced yeah. the? Yeah, know, they announced their Halo knives. Triple eight, triple nine. Yeah, okay. we don't know. We don't know what ZT is bringing to the yeah. table. Well, and, you so know, Spider Co will probably have some crazy shit too. No, they, they don't they, go. No, Spyderco doesn't do crazy. They, they do IWA in Germany. They don't go to Blade. Or they uh, maybe they go, but they don't debut anything new. Well, I know that, um, you know, like we talked about this earlier. You know, Kai does their whole big production line uh, yeah. at SHOT Show, but they save yeah. limited editions for Blade. Okay. I think, so that'll be interesting. I think, okay, American Made Knife of the Year, I think that's going to the Benchmade Anthem, even though it's totally unproven. That thing sucks. Yeah, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty skeptical about it, but I think that one's going to get it. That seems I've like never, a... I can't stand the way it looks. I think it's the most boring-looking thing ever, and they're, like, tooting it as the hottest thing since sliced bread. Can I say that what, I actually wait. like how it looks? Of course, because it looks like a fucking Chris Reeve. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. It's, it's uh, understated. Except for the dick clip, that's not that understated. It's, it's boring, is what it is. It's got chevrons. Hey. The kids like chevrons these days, right? That's what yeah. I think of as Benchmade. Brian likes chevrons. Did we lose him? <laughs> no, he's I'm here. Still what, on. Do you want me to, what, what the fuck do you want me to say? Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, chevrons are officially not cool anymore. The old man of the podcast likes them. Oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. As far as production knives, I. I I can't help but think that they're going to give some some attention to that uh, Isham uh, we collaboration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess it just comes down to who enters. Yeah. Because yeah. it isn't based off of that. All right. And then uh, best tactical folder, we'll just give that one to Brian. Oh, God. I If it doesn't, then the whole thing's a sham. It already you is. Don't know, you don't know what people are showing up with. Yeah, we do. If, if it was going to be something good, we'd probably know by now. Okay. One last one. The most insulting award of Blade Show, best of the rest. Who's getting it? Oh my god! Um, who won last year? Uh, Kas Hanway, the company that makes like swords and shit. Hmm. I have no idea what this award is. It just sounds insulting. I mean, it sounds pretty crazy. I think you it just—I think it just—you know—what they don't really have a category for. Yeah, it's, that's what you sure. put that in. 
yeah. honorable so, mention I, or the participation award? Yeah. I, my question is, uh, who gets the manufacturing award that used to be Chris Reeve every oh. year, and and then Lion Steel broke stole his, it. Oh, they're just gonna get broke his They're thunder. gonna give it. They're gonna give it to Lion Steel again. No, that that award is actually not bullshit because it's voted on by companies, so they basically okay. have to give it to each other, and that's like the only one I believe. So if if We Knives doesn't win for for best production knife, they'll win for that. I, we are we are Riyadh. I got my money on my man Chris. Actually, I'm still going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I think that's the safe money. But I'd be interested gonna, to see another company I, win it. I don't think. I don't think he's gonna win again until he dies. Yeah, that's also fair. He, yeah, yeah that, that's what's gonna happen. Like now, everyone's listening to Chris Cornell because he's dead. That's that that's is what's gonna happen. Good point. <laughs> You know, I, I love Chris, I love Chris Cornell as much, much as the next guy, but kudos to him for the publicity stunt. You know, <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow! If you're a grunge musician and you don't kill yourself, you're irrelevant. Yo, that's a lot of pressure to put on Eddie Vedder. Serious? Oh yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> only, only one left, and if we're gonna go that far, Jerry Cantrell is not long for this world either. Yeah. Hey, do not say anything bad about him because he's, he's a dick. God, I've met I've met him. Oh, he's never mind. Total, He's a total dick. He makes great music, though. Yeah, I love Alex. A lot of dickheads do. Yeah, yeah. He is an asshole. <laughs> you know, surprisingly, like, I've meeting, I've been lucky enough to meet a lot of my musical heroes, and the one person I thought that wasn't going to be a dick was Jerry Cantrell. Total asshole. You know who wasn't? Glenn Danzig. <laughs> really? Awesome guy. What about Just, that story about Danzig and the bricks outside of his house? I, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. You've never heard that story? It's fucking well, I've heard this, but it wasn't with his fans, dude. Like, his fans at his concerts, he was out there signing everything for everybody. And talked to everyone. It was really cool. And he does this constantly. Anyway, I digress. It, Glenn Danzig wasn't an asshole. Jerry Cantrell was. Sorry Chris Cornell's dead. Good on him for the publicity. <laughs> Yo, you're doubling down on that one. Yeah. Anyway. God damn. Anything else you want to add before we close out this evening? Uh, I got a wingding of the week if we want to. Let's do it. All right. So wingding of the week for episode four. So this one is going to go to knife companies that accuse their customers of being overly picky or too too neurotic about their knives. I wonder we're, who this is going to. Yeah. Mm. We're just we're at a point where if you are selling knives that are more than $400, you can't expect people to not be picky about the knives. And it's not our fault if you're not keeping up with the rest of the market. Like detent play, I think, is something that a lot of knife companies haven't really caught on. Is something that bothers enthusiasts. But then you bring it up and they're like, what, what is this? I don't know what you're talking about. And like, don't, don't put it back onto the consumers, onto your customers. Like it's their fault. When a mm. knife that is, you know, hundreds of dollars that should not have problems like that. And you shouldn't, I just think it's a very bad practice to be blaming your customers for it and, you know, not looking at yourself for it. Out with it, Dave. Out with it. I agree that there's tons of people who are terrible to custom makers with this shit, but like mm -hmm. production companies, it's different. Sure. So who is, who's your wing ding? That, th th those companies. That dude. Oh, I've, I've had gonna, it done to me. It's the whole category. It's just a, yeah. It's just a, a broad <laughs> swath. I've had one custom maker do that. I've had production companies do it. It's just it's it's really annoying because it's just like it's insulting your intelligence to be like, oh yeah, I bought a four hundred dollar mm -hmm. knife and I shouldn't expect things of it. Sure. 
so can you also describe what what d10 play is for some people sure now i can add to your list of neuroses everybody that's listening yeah seriously d10 play is when you have a ball d10 in the closed position and either the hole is too wide or it's not drilled deeply enough or maybe brian you can expand on why why this happens but it causes the blade while closed to be able to flex a little bit as it's opening it's really noticeable with flippers where if you press down the flipper a little bit it'll start kind of opening and you can get it to like flex back and forth uh and it's just annoying and it makes flippers feel a lot less crisp interesting so the 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 blade sort of just wiggles around in while in the closed position. Correct. It turtle heads. It turtle heads. I was yeah. what, I was going to say it, and Brian didn't. <laughs> so does, does the detent shoe uh, fix that at all, or is that still? No, actually, um, mine can be even more prevalent with that because I'm not dropping something in a hole. I'm using a ramped surface. Yeah. So what's happening is the... hold up. Wait before you go further. Detent rock and br- what Brian is about to talk about for turtle heading is not the same thing because detent rock moves both ways. Yeah, it basically wiggles. the detent rock yeah. is they put the hole in the wrong spot, so when the blade's all the way in, it just kind of it kind of flops around and mm-hmm. it's not really captured. It's not the detent's not keep holding the blade in the furthest closed position. Sure. Where he- mine. The, you do get a if you if you pull it's your, like a preload on your if you pull the trigger really slow yes when and what you're basically doing is you're riding that surface up that detent shoe up that detent nub um until it breaks makes sense yeah compared to a ball where because the ball changes angles so quickly it's a it's a much quicker break I have some things I could do to make some better or worse. You know, if, if one is really bad, I could take some time and, and work it out. Um, so, you know, if anybody does <laughs> we'll, have that and it aggravates them, you know, just let me know. And I'll, this wasn't uh, a. This also wasn't a personal attack on. No, Brian. not at all. We were talking about a uh, a larger company. Yeah, production you know, companies. And, and it's and that's just the nature of my design. You know, sure. so it's it's not like um, if you'd have my knives. You, I've heard many people say this is the best detent I've ever felt. Sure. Other people will say, yeah, but it's a little spongy. They want that really quick deployment, that break, that glass break, you know, um, like a trigger break compared to a, you know, an AK trigger break. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think you pointed out pretty quickly that (laughs) knife companies shouldn't be acting like there's nothing wrong because, as you said, it's when you drill the the hole for the ball wrong. So, yes. So, precisely. That's Wing Ding the Week. That's pretty good. Any other odds and ends, gentlemen? Nothing here. John Gray next week or next episode? Well, it's kind of a toss-up. We actually have a couple guests that are lined up to come on. So it'll be either John Gray or we'll actually have Austin and Ben from Blade HQ. Yeah. So depending on how this gets uh, scheduled up, that's that's who we have to look forward to. Should be two pretty interesting shows. So are you going to be? Are you going to have? Um, John with you when this happens? Yeah, you know, John is pretty much a neophyte, so we're probably going to end up at a mutual friend's uh, house, and I'll set up uh, the microphone and a, and a computer there. So John will, and I will be in the same room. Because you know. I know even talking to him on the phone sometimes, his phone, like, wherever he is, is, like, crazy. <laughs> the dude has gone through so many cell phones in the time that I've known him. It's Metal like, dust, right? Um, no, just, no, he just drops the freaking things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway.
thank you everyone for joining us again. My name is Levon. You can find me on on Instagram at MetaLevon, M-E-T-A-L-E-V-O-N. That's one L. And I'm pretty much that's pretty much where you're gonna find me. Dave. Hey everybody, I think it's been long enough since the lawsuit, so you can find me as <laughs> Misanthropia on Blade Forums and YouTube underscore Misanthropia on Instagram. Nice. Instagram Whiskey Pickle Jake. Nice. I wanted to change it, but I feel like it's too late. <laughs> yeah, I don't change it now. And you can get me at Instagram is probably the best way. Sharp by design. And another thing before we close up, uh, we do have a website, knifenuts.net. We have some pretty cool information on there. We'll have some additional information with links to things that we reference on the podcast. And I'm hoping to have some, maybe some merch at some point. If you guys are, if would like your feedback on stuff like t-shirts and maybe mugs or something, just to get some mugs. merch out there. Mugs. I don't know. I like coffee, don't you? A fucking mug. <laughs> well, what would you prefer? T-shirts, good. T-shirts, hat, good. maybe, but not fucking mug. I like mugs, man. Mugs are good. Anyway, I get my coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, I don't need a mug. Oh, that's right. <laughs> anyway, well, anyway, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate everyone's support. It's we've had a lot of fun doing this, and I can't believe we've made it to episode four. So have fun at Blade Show if and, you're going. And a lot of great. I was just gonna say great feedback, uh, and it's it's nice to uh, it's nice to know that. We're not wasting two hours every uh, every other Monday <laughs> just listening to ourselves. It's nice, nice to know you guys are actually enjoying the show. Absolutely. Thank you again, and have a great evening, day, whatever it is. Watch out for the neck grease at Blade. Neck grease. <laughs> Good night. Bye-bye.